Welcome back to the Gospel Podcast. Today we're going to be looking at a sermon by John Bunyan. Um, very much gospel-centered. Gospel it's actually uh, centered on the, the new birth, being born again. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you like it. Um, for those of you who don't know, John Bunyan was the one who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. Very popular book. You've probably heard of the book, uh, but he was also a preacher. And so we'll talk a little bit of it, about his life after this, but for now, let's just get right to the text. The New Birth by John Bunyan These words have a dependence on what goes before, and therefore I must direct you to it for the right understanding of them. You have it thus, He, Christ, came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In the words before us, you have two things. First, some of Christ's own nation rejecting him when he offered himself to them. Second, others of his own receiving him and making him welcome. Those that reject him, he also passes by. But those that receive him, he gives them power to become the sons of God. Now lest anyone should look upon it as a good luck or fortune, he says, They were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They that did not receive him were only born of flesh and blood, but those that did receive him, they, uh, they that received the doctrine of Christ with a vehement desire, they have God to their father. The origin of the new birth, not of blood, etc. I'll show you what it means by blood. They that believe are born to it, as an, as an heir is to an inheritance. They are born of God, not of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Not of blood, that is, not by generation, not born to the, the kingdom of heaven by the flesh. Not because I am the son of a godly man or woman, that is meant by blood. Acts 17.26 he is made of one blood, all nations. But when he says here, not of blood, he also rejects all carnal privileges they did boast of. They boasted they were Abraham's seed. No, no, he says, it is not of blood. Think not to say you have Abraham to your father. You must be born of God if you go to the kingdom of heaven. Nor of the will of the flesh. What must we understand by that? It is taken often for those vehement inclinations that are in man to all manner of looseness, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. But that must not be understood here. Men are not made the children of God by fulfilling their lustful desires. It must be understood here in the best sense. There is not only in carnal men a will to be vile, but there is 
in them a will to be saved also, a will to go to heaven also. But this will not do. It will not privilege a man in the things of the kingdom of God. Natural desires after the things of another world are not an argument to prove a man shall go to heaven whenever he dies. I am not a free willer. I do abhor it. Yet there is not the wickedest man, but he desires some time or other to be saved. He will read some time or other, or it may be, pray, but this will not do. It is not in him that wills, nor in him that runs, but in God that shows mercy. There is willing and running, and yet to no purpose. Romans 9.16 Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, have not obtained it. Here I do not understand, as if the apostles had denied a virtuous course of life to be the way to heaven, but that a man without grace, though he have natural gifts, yet he shall not obtain privilege to go to heaven and be a son of God. Though a man without grace may have a will to be saved, yet he cannot have that will in God's way. Nature cannot know anything but the thing of things of nature. The things of God knows no man but by the Spirit of God. Unless the Spirit of God be in you, it will leave you on the sides on this side, the gate of heaven. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It may be some, it may be some may have a will, a desire that Ishmael may be saved. Know this, it will not save thy child. If it was our will, I would have you all go to heaven. How many are there in the world that pray for their children and cry and are ready to die for them? And all this will not do. God's will is the rule of all. It is only through Jesus Christ, which were born not of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now I come to the doctrine. Men that believe in Jesus Christ to the effectual receiving of Jesus Christ are born to it. He does not say they shall be born to it, but they are born to it. A man is born of God unto God and the things of God before he receives Christ to eternal salvation. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now unless he be born of God, he cannot see it. Suppose the kingdom of God be what it will, he cannot see it before he be begotten of God. Suppose it be the gospel, he cannot see it before he be brought into a state of regeneration. Believing is the consequence of the new birth, not of blood, nor of the will of man, but of God. I will give you a clear description of this new birth under a similitude or two. A child before it be born into this world is in the dark dungeon of its mother's womb. So a child of God before he be born again is in the dark dungeon of sin and sees nothing of the kingdom of God. Therefore it is called a new birth. The same soul has loved one way in its carnal condition another way when it is born again. As it is compared to a birth resembling a child in his mother's womb, so it is compared to a man being raised out of the grave, and to be born again, 
is the same as to be raised out of the grave of sin. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. To be raised from the grave of sin is by a figure to be begotten and born. There is a famous instance of Christ. He is the first begotten from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead, unto which our regeneration alludeth, that is, if you be born again by seeing those things that are above, then there is a similitude betwixt Christ's resurrection and the new birth, which we, which were born, which were restored out of this dark world and translated out of the kingdom of this dark world into the kingdom of his dear son. This makes us live a new life. This is to be born again. As he that is delivered from the mother's womb, it is by the help of the mother. So he that is born of God, it is by the Spirit of God. I must give you a few consequences of a new birth. A child, you know, is incident to cry as soon as it comes out into this world. For if there be no noise, they say it is dead. You that are called born of God and Christians, if you be not criers, there is no spiritual life in you. If you be born of God, you are crying ones. As soon as he has raised you out of the dark dungeon of sin, you cannot but cry to God. What must I do to be saved? As soon as ever God has touched the jailer, he cries out, Men and brethren, what must I do to be saved? Oh, how many prayerless professors are there in London that never pray? Coffee houses will not let you pray. Trades will not let you pray. Looking glasses will not let you pray. But if you were born of God, you would. It is not only natural for a child to cry, but it must crave the breast. It cannot live without the breast. Therefore, Peter makes it the true trial of a newborn babe. The newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the word, that he may grow thereby. If you be born of God, make it manifest by desiring the breast of God. Do you long for the milk of the promises? A man fought fives one way when he is in the world, another way when he is brought unto Jesus Christ. So Isaiah, they shall suck and satisfy with the breast of consolation. If you be born again, there is no satisfaction until you get the milk of God's word into your souls. Oh, what is a promise of God to a carnal man? A harlot's song, it may be, is more sweet to him. But if you be born again, you cannot live without the milk of God's word. What is a woman's breast to a horse? But what, it, what is it to a child? There is its comfort night and day. Oh, how loath are they it should be taken from them. Minding heavenly things, says a carnal man, is but vanity. But to a child of God, there is his comfort. A child that is newly born, if it have not other comforts to keep it warm, than it had in its mother's womb, dies. It must have something got for its successor. So at his birth, Christ had swaddling clothes prepared for him. So those that are born again must have some promise of Christ to keep them alive. Those that are in a carnal state warm themselves with other things. 
But those that are born again cannot live without some promise of Christ to keep them alive as he did the poor infant in Ezekiel 16. I have covered thee with embroidered gold. When women are with child, what fine things will they prepare for their child? Oh, but what fine things has Christ prepared to wrap all in that are born again? Oh, what wrappings of gold has Christ prepared for all that are born again? Women will dress their children that everyone may see them, how finely they are, how fine they are. So he says in Ezekiel 16:11, I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thine hands, a chain of on thy neck, and I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thy ears, and a beautiful crown upon thy head. And he adds in the 13th verse, Thou didst prosper to a kingdom. This is to set out nothing in the world, but the righteousness of Christ and the graces of the Spirit, without which a newborn babe cannot live. They perish unless they have the golden righteousness of Christ. A child, when it is born, is nursed in its mother's lap. The mother takes great delight to have that which will be for its comfort. So it is with God's children. They shall be kept on his knee. Isaiah 66, 11. They shall suck and be satisfied with the breast of consolations. Again, verse 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. There is a similitude of in these things that nobody knows of but those that are born again. There is usually some similitude betwixt the father and the child. It may be the child looks like its father. So those that are born again have a new similitude. They have the image of Jesus Christ. Galatians 4. Everyone that is born of God has something of the features of heaven upon him. Men love those children that are most that are likest them most usually. So does God his children. Therefore, they are called the children of God, but others do not like it, look like him. Therefore, they are called Sodomites. Christ describes children of the devil by their features. The children of the devil, his works they will do. All works of unrighteousness are the devil's works. If you are earthly, you have borne the image of the earthly. If heavenly, you have borne the image of the heavenly. When a man has a child, he trains him up to his own liking. They have learned the custom of their father's house. So those that are born of God have learned the custom of the true church of God. There they learn to cry, My father and my God. They are brought up in God's house. They learn the method and form of God's house for regulating their lives in this world. Children, it is natural for them to depend upon their father for what they want. If they want a pair of shoes, they go and tell him. If they want bread, they go and tell him. So should the children of God do. Do you want spiritual bread? Go tell God of it. Do you want strength and grace? Ask it of God. Do you want strength against Satan's temptations? Go and tell God of it. When the devil tempts you, 
run home and tell your heavenly father. Go pour out your complaints to God. This also is natural to children. If any wrong them, they go and tell their father. So do those that are born of God when they meet with temptations, go and tell God of them. The first use of the subject is this, to make a strict inquiry whether you be born of God or not. Examine by those things I laid down before, of a child of nature and a child of grace. Are you brought out of the dark dungeon of this world into Christ? Have you learned to cry, My Father? And I said, Thou shalt call me thy Father. Jeremiah 3.19 All of God's children are criers. Can you be without quiet? Can you be quiet without you? Have your fill of the milk of God's word? Cannot you be satisfied without you have peace with God? Pray you consider it and be serious with yourselves. If you have not these marks, you will fall short of the kingdom of God. You shall never have an interest there. There is no intruding. They will say, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he will say, I know you not. Second, no child of God, no heavenly inheritance. We sometimes give something to those that are not our our children, but not our lands. Oh, do not flatter yourselves with a portion among the sons unless you live like sons. When we see a king's son play with a beggar, this is unbecoming. So if you be the child, the king's children, live like the king's children. If you be risen with Christ, set your affections on things above and not on the things below. When you come together, talk of what your father has promised you. You should all love your father's will and be content and be pleased with the exercises you meet with in the world. Third, if you are children of God, live together lovingly. If the world quarrel with you, it is no matter, but it is sad if you quarrel again, if you quarrel together. If this be amongst you, it is a sign of ill breeding. It is not according to rules you have in the word of God. Dost thou see a soul that has the image of God in him? Love him, love him. Say this man and I must go to heaven one day. Serve one another, do good for one another, and if any wrong you, pray to God to right you, and love the brotherhood. Lastly, if you be the children of God, learn that lesson. Gird up the loins of your mind as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former conversation, but be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Consider that the holy God is your father, and let this oblige you to five like the children of God, that you may look your like your father, that you may look your father in the face with comfort another day. Well, 
John Bunyan had a very interesting life. Uh, his conversion was one of, uh, it took a long time for him to find full assurance of his salvation. But basically, um, John grew up, his father was uh, kind of a tinker, he would fix things, pots and pans, they would travel, but he wasn't a Christian. Uh, his grandfather wasn't a Christian. Um, his mother died when he was young, his sister died when he was young, and so, uh, you know, during this time, he, he actually joined the parliamentary army fighting against King Charles. Uh, that's a, a subject for another time, but it, it's interesting, it's an interesting uh, time period to study. So John Bunyan did that, he ended up hearing the gospel being preached while he was in the army. Some of the guys were there, um, you know, preaching the gospel, reading the Bible, praying. And so, you know, he kind of kind of looked at it. He said, OK, maybe this is something. Well, a little bit later on, uh, he, he ended up getting married. The, the the war ended and it seems like a voice came to him. And, and he heard a voice one day, he was playing cards, and, and the voice said, uh, you can either uh, keep your sins and go to hell, or you can give up your sins and come to heaven. And there was a lot of things like that, apparently, in his life, where he would kind of hear these little things or see these things. He he felt like he, was, he, he could almost see the bondage of sin in his life. He was miserable under his sin, and uh, this is something that I can personally relate to a little bit whenever I became a Christian just seeing the the misery of my soul and so when I read this it kind of is like wow you know maybe I'm not the only one um and maybe you're listening and thinking yeah I, I remember that um I'm not saying I was exactly like John Bunyan I don't think any of our stories are exactly the same but but back to Bunyan so he you know he was uh he was he was kind of seeking the Lord or at least the Lord was seeking him and his, he, he got married, and, and his wife, her father was a Christian. So he started getting involved in church. And then he started uh, spending some more time with some ladies that were just filled with the spirit, you would say, you know, just joyful and glad that their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, had set them free from their sin. Well, uh, he struggled a little bit, but after, after a couple of years, you know, he... He started to really understand the scriptures. He got a, a, a copy of Galatians. Um, you know, he was reading some other Christian literature, and you know, he he trusted in Jesus Christ. He, he trusted in Him. He was discipled by a pastor, and uh, yeah, so he he went from really just just kind of no background in Christianity to you know being used by God mightily. Later in his life, he did end up being uh, a preacher. He was a he was a lot of people would say he was the last Puritan preacher, um, you know. And at that time, it, they were, you know, uh, a lot was going on. But Puritan preachers were out. They cleared them out, and in England, it was the state church. Uh, Bunyan was refused a license to preach, but he did it anyway. And uh, he, he, he did it so much that they actually, they arrested him. They took him to prison. Uh, the first, that was the first time. And then he actually ended up in prison a second time because they said, okay, 
well, you need to actually come to uh, one of the parish churches. And he says, no, no, he says, I'm not going to do that. And one of the back and forths was that, that led to that was this, uh, this guy, Kel, who was kind of a, so he says, Kel, do you come to church, to the parish church, to hear divine services? Bunyan, no, I do not. Kel, why? Bunyan, because I do not find it commanded in the word of God. Kel, we are commanded to pray. Bunyan, but not by the common prayer book. Kel, how then? Bunyan, with the spirit. Um, just that little discourse back and forth right there shows you that this guy was, he was full of love. He was full of grace, but he was also full of courage. Um, another thing that happened really early on that, uh, that was just really impactful to him is that that guy who preached the gospel to him when he was in the army said, uh, this is the thing about gospel preachers. He says, the, the ones who know how to preach the gospel are the ones who know the Lord the ones who know the Savior, and he said, it's like if I told you about a place, you know, uh, a a, a really nice place to go and visit, and you know, I can tell you about it, but if I've never been there, then I really can't express it to you in truth. Um, In other words, like Jesus says, abide in me, and you'll produce much fruit. You know, what he was driving at is, the more you know God, the more you abide in Christ, uh, the more the gospel is going to be, you know, on your lips in a real way. Um, again, kind of what we said in the beginning, he's written, um, he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. That's really the one of the most popular uh, Christian books out there. Recently, they, they actually just made a movie, animated movie um, that's pretty good. But The Pilgrim's Progress after the Bible is the number one world settler. I mean, the Bible outbeats it by quite a bit, but still, number one, the Bible, number two, Pilgrim's Progress, and it's in some 200 languages. So, uh, one more fun fact, and then we'll wrap up. Bunyan actually wrote the Pilgrim's Progress while he was in jail the second time, and he actually did have a dream. and, and that's what led him to, to write in that book. So God used him in mighty ways. Um, God took a man who was seemingly, you know, just, just like a normal guy going along in the world. And, and he just, he called him to himself. And, and that's really what God does in, with all of us. And I love this sermon because uh, as, as I listen to him preach and, and read to you what he's preaching, it just, you know, it just resonates. It's like this guy... Um, he understood the gospel and he, he understood uh, the new birth and it's just an amazing thing and the reason he understood it is because he was born again so I hope you enjoyed it I hope you'll tune in again next week uh, we'll have another gospel centered uh, preacher or message or talk to someone about the gospel and uh, you know until next time farewell and as always to God be the glory